Let's talk some more earnings. George Tillis is looking through three very interesting names for us. Planet Fitness seems like a natural place to start. George Tillis says, we're going to the theater. There's going to be people out. We got to be seen and we got to look good. So we're going to go work out. Question is, are we going to go back to Planet Fitness or just jump on the Peloton? Well, that's actually a good question. This is what's going on, I think, with Planet Fitness is uh, they're about 300,000 uh, members short of where they were prior to COVID. They actually have sustained their business quite well, to tell you the truth. And I think it has to do with the fact that they've passed on a lot of the, uh, let's call it the expenses, onto the franchisees. So as a business, which has a smaller portion of their uh, franchises that are corporate-owned, has actually done fairly well considering the pandemic. But let's just uh, talk about some of the trends. We know that e-fitness trends are a challenge and a cultural sort of shift that might continue. That, that does pose a challenge for Planet Fitness. They have established partnerships with a company called iFit to, uh, to partake in this home-based fitness uh, you know, phenomenon that's going on, but it may not necessarily be enough, at least for the quarter. So let's, let's take a look at what happened. It looks like overall, it is still profitable. The company did post uh, profits that were a little bit less than expected. Uh, they came in around 21 cents versus the 23 cent estimate. Now sales did come in ahead of expectations and compared to last year, they were huge. It's up, it's up about 241%. Compared to last quarter for the same quarter last year, it was down 12%. Uh, I think again, what's going on here is, is that the company is trying to manage or negotiate I mean, it's got, like I said, you know, 2,150 stores. It's the uh, largest single gym operator in the country with about 20% market share. Uh, and I think they're, they're really trying to manage how to fill a gap with those lost members. But at the same time, I did notice that they have plans to open an additional 75 to 100 franchises this year as well. So they've got an aggressive expansion plan going on while they're trying to sort of uh, deal with some of the connected fitness uh, comp competitive trends that are going on, as well as how to uh, gain back some of those members that were lost during the pandemic. The other thing that Planet Fitness did, and this might in fact have a little bit to do with why they missed on earnings and guided just a little bit shy on earnings uh, as well as top line sales, is that they actually uh, postponed a franchise re-equipment fee because one of their other businesses mm. is selling and leasing uh, equipment to their franchisees and to, of course, uh, other companies. And every single year, they require their franchisees to to spend a certain amount of money for new equipment. But they actually postponed that, and that might actually have cut into the corporate EBITDA, which is why maybe they missed their uh, their numbers today. Interesting. Now, uh, George, this company has been slipping uh, for again about the last four months. This one actually stretches back towards roughly. February, uh, it got caught up in some of the short squeeze, wild uh, internet-driven trading back in uh, the late last year, coming into this year. But it also just saw a huge rip right after vaccines were announced last year. That brought it up to right. uh, $86, and we haven't seen that basically since March, uh, maybe a little bit in April. Point is, is it doesn't seem like the market really knows what to do with this company over the last six months. And maybe we've gone a little bit past, do we go to the gym or do we not? Maybe this is about more kind of the structural finances behind the business that you're talking about. I mean, even George, if they lose 10% of, I don't know, I have no idea, uh, but let's say they lose 10% of the regular customers. I mean, does that have an effect on how much square footage they have? Because uh, their price point was pretty low. 
Yeah, so it's a good question. Well, they have about 14.1 million members, and like I said, they're still about 300,000 shy of where they were, which isn't too bad. I mean, considering okay, yeah, that's not that's right. roughly about two, two and a half percent. Okay, okay, okay. So that's still pretty good. I, I think I think overall, what's happening here is, can they pass on additional cost to franchisees? Can they handle it? And I think that's the question you need to ask as a corporation. Uh, I just talked about how they didn't they postponed that uh, that reequipment fee. For 2021, and again, that's one concession the company has made to help their franchisees negotiate this this challenge that they're still in. I think overall, the the normalcy rate, uh, if you will, back to the pre-COVID rate, is going to take some time because there are people who are just basically not going to go to the gym at all, despite being vaccinated, because they're afraid. And there's going to be people out there that can't get the vaccine, don't want to risk it because they have other medical conditions or for whatever reason, they're, they're not getting the vaccine. So I think there's gonna be some challenges in the gym atmosphere altogether. Plus the connected fitness you know, uh, thing that's going on is also gonna present a challenge. So in other words, was the quarter terrible? It wasn't. Uh, the guidance was quite a bit below, especially on earnings. When you look for fiscal year 2021, the midpoint, 64 cents, the expectations was 94. So that's a, a significant decline as well as top line sales, which are about 7 million shy at the midpoint at 535 versus 542 expected. So what they're doing is they're ratcheting back just a little bit based upon the quarterly results, hmm. as well as maybe trimming back the guidance, because like I said, they're eating the cost as a company now, that, uh, that uh, re-equipment fee, and at the same time, maybe they're, they're expecting fewer you know, re-engaged customers going forward for the rest of the year versus what was expected prior to the release of the numbers. Okay. All right. The opening still a bunch of stores, uh, upwards of 100 uh, on the year. So clearly they are gung-ho, uh, full steam ahead. I mean, that's pretty amazing that they're going to open 100 new stores uh, here, yeah. um, you know, this year in 2021. I'm not sure if that's domestic only, but if you're opening two Planet Fitness per state, I mean, that's a pretty decent amount of Planet Fitness is going up at a time where uh, this, still some of this may be to be determined. But I do like the numbers that you give us on the percent that they've lost, only 2.5% yeah. roughly so far. George, let's keep it going here. The other ones pretty quickly. Smile Direct Club. Been a tough trade uh, since going public. Uh, shares trading at $6.70 now after debuting at 21 yeah, so I'm not surprised to see this one down after, you know, kind of reviewing the company and the structural challenges they face from a balance sheet standpoint. But mm -hmm. that's for people who smile direct. They're basically orthodontics uh, and aligners, impressions, whitening gel, direct to consumer. Uh, it's, it's really been a challenge for the company. They actually had last quarter uh, lost money. For the last year, they lost about $154 million relative to about $600 million in sales. So they've been losing money for quite some time. They've been financing their business with debt. Uh, one would expect dilution from equity. The trends speak for themselves. If it's in a downtrend, you, you got to kind of be aware of that. It might have some problems. Align Technologies, that is a major competitor for the, the inpatient or in-doctor orthodontics, as well as direct-to-consumer. And uh, Smile Direct is also partially owned by Align, but they have been sued by their uh, by Align Technologies for some uh, anti-competitive reasons. So it's got a lot of challenges balance sheet wise, litigation wise. And I think even from a direct to consumer business standpoint, I think people really want to go see an orthodontist to get this uh, this equipment and these uh, and these medical uh, procedures done. Mm -hmm. So with that said, just looking at the numbers, they were expected a loss of 10 cents. They missed it by about uh, four cents. They came in at 14 cent loss. The other thing is 
the top line sales, which were expected to be up significantly relative to last year at 86%. I think people put off a lot of purchases during COVID. They missed it, and they missed it quite, quite, quite a bit by about mm. 24 million. Uh, and again, this is why the stock is to the downside. And I looked at their their debt to equity uh, OJ. It's over three to one. At some point, the company is going to have to dilute shares through uh, equity issuances. Uh, and unfortunately, I think this is a business that's really structurally challenged. And it's not my opinion. You just look at the chart, you'll 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 understand what I'm talking about. It's down 24% over the last year, whereas Align Technology is a much bigger and healthier company that competes, again, with uh, Smile Direct is up 124%. Man, brutal. Just uh, brutal. I mean, one-to-one, basically, this yeah. relationship between these two. And it's going to get hit again in the aftermarket. So uh, I guess we can see uh, why now for uh, Align that they push so hard on uh, that uh, legal situation about how to advertise and how to uh, you know build uh, the brick and mortar presence as well too yeah. so clearly that stock has gone in the opposite direction like that context george before we let you go just real quickly uh, a name that we've actually had the ceo of this uh, uh, company on before vuzix yeah. really interesting technology on the consumer side about reality and augmented reality uh, wearables glasses what's going on here yeah, yeah, we talked about this, and maybe if he comes on again, ask him what's going on from a sales girl standpoint. But Guzix okay. is a supplier of smart glass, augmented reality, uh, personal displays, wearable devices for commercial, military, and consumer application. There's a lot. There was a lot of expectations and a lot of hype around this company for you know everything from medical, military, and entertainment, from uh, from from uh, you know visual reality or virtual reality. Yeah. But, you know when you look at the numbers overall. Um, the numbers have contracted significantly. So let's just take a look at what happened over the quarter. They missed on EPS. They were expected to come out a loss of 10 cents, which is fine for a company that had been growing. And I say had in the past tense, over 155% last quarter year over year. Previously, 135% year over year. And then if you look at this quarter, they missed significantly. Now, if you consider it's a very small company in terms of sales, estimates were 4.3 million. They came in at $2.92 million in sales. That was a contraction of about 3.5% year over year. So we've seen a company that had triple-digit revenue growth all come all the way back down to contracting revenue growth uh, on a year-over-year -year basis. So that financially and, and reportably explains maybe why the stock is to the downside. But overall, you got to keep in mind, you know, trailing 12-month sales, absent the quarter they just reported, was about $14 million. Very small. Last year, for the same uh, four quarters, they lost $19 million. Now, they don't have any debt, which is a you know, good thing for a company that's struggling. But overall, you know, profitability is going to be way off because their gross margins are at 27%, which is extremely low. So you know, it's been a challenging environment for a lot of these secular trend and thematic companies, OJ. I'm sure the technology is wonderful. I'm not familiar with it. But I'm just looking at the financials to explain why the stock is down in the after hours and maybe why we'll see some additional pressure on it. Okay, George, thanks, and uh, we'll keep that in mind next time we okay. talk to the CEO. I'm going to say my man George has got some questions about the top line. Uh, George, thanks. Uh, Vuzik's right. down in the aftermarket, but sure. uh, not quite as so much of a pain uh, trade down as we see in Smile Direct. Rough uh, for uh, bulls right. there. Appreciate it, George. Thank you, sir.